0: Dominic Steele is my name. Welcome along. Our guest today is Steve Cree. He's the Senior Minister of the Living Church Brisbane, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about how we as pastors can better teach the flock and how we can be equipped in the the whole exercise of teaching and preaching. But just before we get to Steve, I want to tell you what's coming up over the next few weeks on The Pastor's Heart. Uh, We're going to be talking next week with uh, Ben Quashie and Foley Beach, Uh, Ben is the Archbishop of Joss in Nigeria and Foley Beach, um, well Archbishop Foley Beach is the primate of the Anglican Church in North America and together they represent the leadership of GAFCON, the Global Anglican Futures Movement, a movement that represents two-thirds of the world's Anglican Communion and there's a big meeting taking part, uh, taking place in Sydney Uh, this week and then there'll be all sorts of decisions coming out of that and we'll be talking to them in an important discussion about what It comes out of that primates meeting next week. Uh, Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking to Peter Mayrick and Raj Gupta on the whole practice of staffing and organising our team ministry. Uh, Oh, and while we're on the subject of Queensland Presbyterians, um, we're going to be catching up with David and Cathy Thurston in a few weeks' time. They're going to be talking to us about our godliness as couples in ministry. Uh, And we're going to be having as a guest also David Jones. Of course, he was the uh, senior pastor of... Ann Street Presbyterian Church in Brisbane, Uh, although I think in his heart he's a Tasmanian and uh, he's going to be here to talk to us about, well, just the things he's learnt in um, 30 years of teaching the Bible and pastoring the sheep. We would really appreciate it if you could get behind the pastor's heart. Uh, Step one is subscribing to our podcast. If you're on an Apple device, you can go to bit.ly slash thepastorsapple. If you're on an Android device, just type into your browser bit.ly slash the Android. If Spotify is what you use, you could type into your browser bit.ly slash the Spotify. Or if you'd like to subscribe on YouTube, bit.ly slash the YouTube. Now, Uh, Steve, it's great to have you with us. Uh, Thanks very much for uh, joining us today on The podcast. Great to be here. Thanks, Dominic. Steve and I were classmates at Moore Theological College in the uh, middle 90s. In the 60s, yeah, (laughs) yeah, back when the college was established. I used to say, "Um, what was that? And Steve said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You now lead a large multi-campus church uh, in Brisbane, formerly known as Creek Road, now The Living Church.
1: Yeah, we've just gone through that change in recent months. It's probably one we was overdue to uh, carry out. We went multi-site about five years ago and we had hoped the name Creek Road would carry us forward. Uh, It was reasonably well known in Christian circles in Brisbane, but our multi-site church has seen us doing work in Springfield out to the west of Brisbane and in the city at South Bank and West End. And, of course, it just caused confusion with people who... Mm. The unbelievers we're trying to reach. Yeah. Where's Creek Road? So, hence the uh, the name change is Living Church now Creek Road Campus, where the historic uh, sort of work is, and uh, a City South Campus and a Springfield Campus.
0: Mm. Let's start with the pastor's heart and share with us a journey that God has taken you on. Is taking you on? Where you're wrestling with Him in your heart?
1: Yeah. The things going on in my heart are complicated, Dominic, But um, so it's hard to know where to start with that. But, I mean, we were discussing just before we started, it's 22 years that we've been out of college. Uh, and so for me, with my wife, Roz, and uh, when we went out of college, we had two very young children, three children now are all adult children. Mm. Uh, so lots happened in life across 22 years. We're in Lismore in northern New South Wales, church
0: planting for the first 12 years. I was thinking... I think that's the last time I saw you when I preached for you in Lismore. I think a long that's time right, and the,
1: and the years have been kind. We both, both look, look exactly just the same. same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's good. Um, and now, unbelievable. The people listening to the audio <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Uh, they, they can just take it on faith. But uh, yeah, and been in Brisbane for ten years. Uh, look, I, I think one of my reflections is. Uh, I'm grateful for my theological education and draw on it on a daily basis in Mm. in ministry but I think there are some questions you're grappling with at college that you think are going to be the big ones in terms of some obscure theological Mm -hmm. uh, question and across 22 years both in pastoral ministry and your own life following Jesus, some of the bigger questions are actually ones perhaps you weren't really expecting or prepared for so again, you know, across those years of ministry being up close to absolutely wonderful, beautiful moments in people's lives and also up close to really ugly and tragic moments in people's mm. lives and and realising what it is to bring the gospel to bear on that whole spectrum of uh, what happens in life. I think personally uh, as it happens, it's um, two years ago today that my father died. It was Easter Saturday two years ago and So although this is the date of his death, I think it'll always be Easter Saturday that I'll most reflect on uh, Dad. Um, And and I have to say, two years feels like five minutes in Mm -hmm. terms of losing Dad. Now, thankfully, he came uh, to real solid faith in Jesus much later in life, even though he'd been involved in church for a long time. And a shout-out to Jeff and Carmelina Reed, Mm -hmm. and Chatswood Presbyterian, their whole team and their whole church family there, uh, where Dad really came to a firm faith in Jesus and I'm reflecting on that personally I've, of course, you know, missing dad um, but it was a re- it's a reminder that life's a long journey and mm-hmm. we go through all sorts of things but being prepared to die well mm. is at the heart of our own mm. walk in faith to, to run the race to the end and to prepare people for that mm. um, and I think we all know Uh, as believers, a Christian funeral is always a testimony to Paul, the Apostle Paul's words about we grieve but not like those without hope Mm. Uh, and what a difference that makes compared to the utter
0: emptiness of facing death without Jesus. Mm. What I wanted to talk to you about today is how we can collaborate with each other Mm. uh, in Christian ministry Um, and really, I mean, that's one of the, the sort of the pulses of the pastor's heart in terms of how we can encourage each other in the ministry we're doing. But if you take me back to some of your early days in Christian ministry, planning the church in the school hall in Mm -hmm. Mm Lismore, and kind of feeling like you're on your own and needing support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, if I can even start just slightly earlier, which was my final year at Moore College, Mm -hmm. the project that I took on and really immersed myself in studying the New Testament was to look at how team ministry worked mm-hmm. in the New Testament and that was a really beautiful time of studying God's word where you know there's there's a few different windows you can in look into the New Testament to look at how team ministry works and for example you can look through the office window at mm-hmm. uh, passages in 1 Timothy and Titus that talk about you know elders deacons
0: and and, and, and that's the way In our traditional tribe, that's how we look at that issue. They're the
1: favourite sort of... That's the favourite window Mm -hmm. for perhaps your Anglican, Mm -hmm. Presbyterian-type denominations. Then perhaps Pentecostals are more likely to be looking through the gifts Mm -hmm. window and looking at Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, a little bit in Ephesians 4. But it's interesting that... Although there's really significant passages we need to grapple with there to look through the office window or through the gifts window, I think they're different windows looking at the same reality. There's actually this really neglected window, which is the fellow workers, co-workers material, Mm -hmm. which dominates the end of Paul's letters. And there's actually a lot more real estate going on there in terms of a picture of team ministry. So I'm thinking particularly of Romans 16 and 1 Corinthians 16, where there's all these men and women in diverse roles that are working together alongside Paul and he doesn't hesitate to call them fellow soldiers, fellow workers, all those little sun prefixes uh, for the Greek <laughs> scholars. I'm just impressing you there. You know, I remember loads. Um, but, but, you know, not only that, some of the letters are team-written as well, you know? So, I mean... The great Romans, you know, when you meet Tertius in heaven, be sure to know his <laughs> name because he wrote the thing. And n- not just a scribe, you know, there's a lot of uh, evidence that the they, the 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 scribe, actually played a little bit of an editorial role, not mm. just sort of, you know, writing stuff down. But even more than that, if you go to Colossians... And Philippians, you discover that they're not written just by Paul, but by Paul and Timothy. Mm-hmm. And you go to 1 Thessalonians, and there's Silas alongside Paul and Timothy. Go to 1 Corinthians, and it's Sosthenes, he writes that mm-hmm. alongside Paul. So the, the letters are team written, mm-hmm. the ministry's team done. So sorry, I haven't even answered the question you asked. That, that fueled for me a passion about team ministry. But then mm-hmm. suddenly I'm thrown up to a beautiful town called Lismore, which Lismore Tourism Market says between the rainforest and the sea, which Mm -hmm. is just code language for get out of here, it's beautiful. Whichever way (laughs) you go, there's (laughs) rainforest that way, there's beach that way, just get out. Um, It's also code for it floods a lot because when you're between the rainforest and the sea, well, that rain's (laughs) got to go somewhere. (laughs) But um, got out there to Lismore on my own and it it, it was overwhelming. I mean, my wife, Roz, and I refer to those first two or three years in Lismore as the dark years. You know, Mm. young kids... Um, and church planting, you know, you do everything. Mm. I mean, we had some great families and some young people join us very early, but it was a small group of people, and you're trying to navigate not just the preaching each Sunday, which seemed to come around every 15 mm-hmm. minutes, you know, the mm-hmm. next talk has to be written, but what what are we going to do with Bible study material? What about teaching kids and youth? And, mm. and then technology, you know, because even back then, you know, I think the internet had just started. Mm. You know? um, <laughs> finances, administration, mm. so much to do and very overwhelming and very isolating. Mm. And thankfully, what was a bit of a spark for something that I've been developing further in terms of team preaching, one spark was the work of a bunch of guys who've been mentors to me, like Dave Thurston, uh, Phil Campbell, Luke Tattersall, Bryson Smith. I, was, I was
0: remember they used to have a little journal perspectives, yeah, which the, was kind yeah. of like almost just, their sermon outlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is before the internet, yeah.
1: but oh, well before the internet. I mean, those guys. My goodness, um, yeah, they're, they're not young. Mm. Um, but yeah, perspective was an advent
0: of collaboration in mm-hmm. the sense of yeah, sharing. And you might be able to see Bryson Smith's sermon series through Dubbo, through um, from Dubbo, yeah, through Deuteronomy, and yep. then you can think, oh, well, that's not a bad way of breaking up the book, and yep. at least. The bit of the choices of breaking up the book have been helpful for me.
1: And those guys were getting together on a yearly basis. So, although they put out the perspective journal, they were also getting together on a yearly basis to talk about preaching and developing each other as preachers, which I think was a great strategy for overcoming some of the isolation. Mm. Uh, Because, particularly in the Presbyterian Church, you know, a lot of us are sent out from uh, study in the big city to small country towns or
0: regional centres. You're in Lismore. Yep. um, on your own. Yep. What did you do to, I mean, looking at their model, yep. what was your strategy you know, yes. to, to not drown?
1: Yeah, yeah, so a couple of things. Uh, inspired by what those guys were doing along I, along with a few guys I went through college with. So Matt Oates, Jamie Newans, Paul McKendrick, Mark Cooper-White. We got a preaching group together, mm-hmm. got together each year. And you
0: were scattered across the state? Yeah,
1: the state, all yeah. around New South Wales. All of us in sort of country sort of settings, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, we get together, and I don't know if all of your listeners will understand what I mean by this, but we'd play cassette tapes to each other, (laughs) yeah, and, um, and, yeah, we'd play a couple of sermons, and we'd critique each other, give each other feedback, and so, because there's a saying about preaching, practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent, you know, like, (laughs) if if you just keep doing the same thing, and you're not getting feedback from others, then you're just going to repeat some of the problems, you know, so, I think we really sharpened each other with that, but it was much more than just improving each other's preaching. I mean, the pastor's heart—it was mm. actually about attending to our hearts yeah. as well. And um, so that was one strategy. I think the other thing was how
0: often would you get together?
1: Annually, right? Okay, and that's three, for,
0: for a week for sort of. it
1: started as a weekend, but it's become more like three or four days. Yeah. and we've and we've done that together, the five of us, right across those twenty-two years. Right. So, every year without FAR, we've all been there. And so that's been a big part of it. I think the other thing that I got from those mentor guys, particularly Dave Thurston and Phil Campbell, was a real desire to train younger
0: preachers, as so I'd been so trained. We should just note that. Yeah. That's a really cool thing for yeah. somebody who's coming out of theological college yeah. to kind of find their group of five. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah.
1: sorry. No doubt. I think that's played a an
0: immense role for each of those guys, you know, and, and I guess on the pastor's heart there'll be times where one of you will have been going through a massive low, and the others have been able to help them. Yeah. Absolutely,
1: and so although we get together once a year, there's often a prayer email that goes out yeah. saying, "Hey guys, please pray," and and just to know you've got that safe place and a bunch of guys who're going to understand something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's been really precious. Yeah, but I think also that. Yeah, you know, I had a country placement with uh, Phil Campbell towards the end of my college time in McLean and then I had a year with Dave Thurston. Those guys put a lot of effort into me developing, mm-hmm. again, not just my preaching but my outlook on ministry, mm-hmm. particularly, you know, a gospel-based ministry. And so I think having been invested in by those guys, I really wanted to do that myself. Mm-hmm. And so a big part of the ministry in Lismore and that has really kicked on in Brisbane is training Mm. Uh, having ministry trainees and students as part of the team. And so, although those first two or three years were very isolating, it wasn't long before we were developing a, a, a team ministry uh, within the church as well as that team approach,
0: collaborating with others outside of mm. our church. Mm. So, now you're pastoring or lead pastor of what I'm sure is the largest church in Queensland, is that right? Oh, um, look, I think there'd be a handful of churches of a similar size, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so how you so so now it's not i'm struggling on my own mm. it's how do i make it happen in the team so how do you what are you doing to try and make it happen in your team and then to be useful to the guys in lismore and pe- people yeah, like yeah, that yeah. yeah
1: so this might take a couple of minutes to explain but across the last few years we've been developing something we call team preaching which applies both to what we're doing within our multi-site ministry, mm-hmm. but it also has an extension to what we're doing with some partner churches mm-hmm. through our church-to-church Church network, which Dave and Kathy Thurston, we've employed to really take that work further. So I'll come back to that. But basically, we, we get our preaching program sort of sorted out, looking ahead to the next couple of years. But when we get to the six-month point before we're going to be teaching a series, we hold a planning week that involves not just the pastors who'll be preaching, but kids and youth and media and music and graphic design and a whole range of personnel. And also we invite in some of the pastors from the Church to Church network. So we've got a large group of people there who come together to read the Scriptures together, to pray together, and to start hammering out what a series will look like, not just in terms of what the Bible talks will look like on the Sunday and the break-up of the text and the approach to how we're going to teach it, but what will the supporting growth group material look like? How will we teach this to kids and to youth? What mm-hmm. are the song selections? What are the media elements? What are the online elements? That so, in that sense, the team preaching is the wider sense of the teaching of God's word. Mm-hmm. But that's a very intense week where we put together a lot of the draft work, and then out of that, preachers will be assigned. So, how
0: do you, I mean, you've got twenty people, up to between twenty and thirty. Okay, yeah, somebody's obviously got to do some prep. Exactly right. There's that. a so what kind of yeah. pre-preparation gets yeah. done yeah, yeah, for yeah. that? Time?
1: Yeah, there's a classic plumb line that small small groups design, large groups evaluates. You don't yeah. want to get a whiteboard out with thirty people and yeah. try to design a series. But uh, we generally have a series owner. One of the preachers will do several months pre-work mm-hmm. of at least doing a draft breakup of mm-hmm. you know. So we we're, we're we've been doing a slow journey through Luke's gospel. So I've taken it on for Luke, but. We've recently done a a Got Questions series on some topical stuff and Nathan Campbell, who's our Mm -hmm. campus pastor at City South, uh, oversaw that. And then we're about to do Two Samuel and Josiah Wilson, who's our campus pastor at Springfield, is overseeing that. Mm -hmm. So one of the pastors is tasked with a break-up, some draft big ideas, some draft key verses, so that we come in with some solid pre-work done. Mm-hmm. And typically we don't want to be mucking around with the break-up and stuff like that. We're wanting to go a bit deeper into how we're going to teach this through all the channels, how we're going to put flesh on it. What's the continuity going to look like? we we talk about a 70-minute sermon, um, which is not how long the sermon goes for, but how long the service goes for. Mm-hmm. We want every song, we want every minute in terms of songs, prayers, media elements, the talk, the Bible reading, to be a to have continuity of teaching one big idea. We also talk about a 10,080-minute sermon, which is how many minutes there are in the week. So We want the growth group material, uh, grow daily devotional material that we write to go with the series to also integrate, because we think people are busy and not everyone's a genius who can do Romans on Sunday and Isaiah on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and, you know. So we actually want to enable people to go deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into one part of God's Word. Do, you, do, do your small groups follow the sermon or lead the sermon? Follow. Right. Yeah, and look, there's arguments each way. I understand if you go before then, there's the advantage of people digging into the Word for themselves, you know, before they hear the talk. But I think, again, for me, particularly across over 20 years of ministry, I'm interested in the transformational element of what our growth groups are and that most people are really looking to apply this to their lives and to try to work out, Okay, I've now been taught... So we talk about sitting in rows on Sunday and then turning into sitting in circles midweek. And you can learn in the rows, and that's where people with the theological training can offer insights into the text and understanding what God's Word is saying. But the one and others of the Bible, uh, where everyone teaches each other, encourages each other, prays for each other, that's the activity of the growth group. I think that's the flow of Ephesians 4, you know, the pastors and teachers equipping God's people for works of service, that they can grow to maturity together. So for me,
0: that's the advantage of the groups mm-hmm. following hmm yeah so um to Samuel yep. let's just workshop that yep. so I've just myself finished preaching through one Samuel
1: and right so
0: yep. and and actually I've done Genesis Exodus Leviticus I'm up to one I'm up to two Samuel right um and so you'll get um, Malachi by 2050 <laughs> as well yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on my slow journey <laughs> through, I'm, I'm I've got a a goal of filling the website, you know, the whole council of God by the time I'm done. (laughs) Um, And so when we next, when I next hit the Old Testament, it's going to be 2 Samuel 1. And if I'm doing it the conventional way, how is it going to play out differently for one of your campus pastors or one of the people who's part of that group to old school me?
1: Yeah, look,
0: I think... If I can answer it this way, I think
1: the picture a lot of guys have when they're going through college is still the solo preaching mm. kind of thing. Now, I want to be careful here. I'm, I'm actually not having a... I'm not intending to have a go at that, but I'm trying to speak to the merits of more collaboration, mm-hmm. not just within a team but between guys in different churches. Mm. Yeah. And so, again, when you look at that picture of Paul with the Timothys and the Silases, And what preaching looked like in the new testament context it's it's not really a guy sitting alone in his study for hours and hours Mm. and hours and then emerging i have it Mm. you know (laughs) um but there's a lot of conversation and dialogue and teamwork i also think we're still working through the legacy of the reformation which Mm -hmm. is the church always reforming and you know the church becomes so priestly in the time of the reformation and that was reformed significantly, but I'm not sure if it's fully extended to our view to the pulpit, where mm-hmm. there's still perhaps a sense of one guy owning that space. So how it plays out differently when it comes to?
0: I'm just going to jump in. <laughs> I know I'm just, I've got, I've got a three, so five, five many, grenades. I've got so many but questions that's all right. <laughs> I mean, I, I find it really attractive yeah. the idea of collaborating with other. I mean, just just if you think cost effectiveness, you yeah. know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's got to be better if we. Run the same graphics at, at ten churches exactly. too, if we yep. run it at yep. one church, yep. and it's got to be better if uh, those whole all those different things yep. you talked about the hundred yep. um, well, yeah. and ten minutes, yeah, 70 for Sunday, it's got to be better. There's yeah. so many cost of and yep. and I look around and I see churches reinventing the wheel mm-hmm. every, at every place. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're saying. At Living Road at your three or four campuses. Living Church. Living Church. So that's all right. Living Road. <laughs> no, it's a good idea. We'll, I'll take that back to the team. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't change it <laughs> Don't, again. No, 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 no. We can't do that. <laughs> yep. at, uh, at Living Church, yep. your three or four. And yep. I presume there's half a dozen other churches around the place. Do you
1: know? Well, if, yeah. I mean, there's probably, uh, probably about a dozen now that mm-hmm. are kind of live synced with us, that they're actually rolling out the series at the and same so time we are. First
0: week in. Um, Term 2 they you're all preaching the same thing. Yep. Um, Yep. So what is it the week after Easter?
1: Uh, So that's 2 Samuel. Okay. I mean, I've been on holidays, but I think it's 2 Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) So so what that looks like is out of that planning week, we assign members of the preaching team to be the talk writer, okay, Mm -hmm. for a particular Sunday. So how that's going to play out differently Mm -hmm. to perhaps you preaching through it Mm -hmm. yourself uh, doing most of the work is... I might, as opposed to when I was in Lismore preaching to Samuel and I would write all 10 talks mm-hmm. myself, I'll only write two out of the 10 mm-hmm. and the other two campus pastors might write two and one of the partner church guys might write one and then there's other members of our team. Mm-hmm. And, but when I say write, remember that we've had a whole planning week, we've had mm-hmm. a whole pre-process, there's more online discussion that goes mm-hmm. on across the six months So by the time we get to the Tuesday, so next Tuesday, uh, uh, Josiah, who is leading the team through 2 Samuel, he'll get up on the Tuesday morning and present what he has written as the draft talk for the first talk of the 2 Samuel series based on the work of the whole team Mm -hmm. back in the planning week and discussion since. So no one's sitting there going, oh, I'm shocked at this approach. Mm. They're actually hearing a fleshed-out version of what we designed in Skeleton. Mm -hmm. And... And then we have a critique session that involves not just the guys who will be preaching that in our living church campuses, but some of the partner church guys Mm. will be online and they'll offer feedback as well. And then from that point, the talk writer locks down their version of the talk and Josiah's now locked down his version that he's going to do at Springfield. I'll then pick that up and just start playing with it adapting, you know, putting in a couple of stories that personalise it, just mm. looking at the language. And to, and we, we preach without notes, but you're still doing some crafting mm-hmm. um, of just how you want to land. And there might be just a particular application that's appropriate to this campus as opposed to, to this one or the guys in Adelaide as opposed to the guy up in Darwin, you know, they're going to land mm-hmm. just some slightly different. But I tell you, the difference between trying to put in quality work each week, in the midst of all the pastoral mm-hmm. and everything else that's going on, I find you know that one guy is going to really put his shoulder to the wheel for all the exegetical work and all the you know hack work and sourcing good stories and producing a really great draft for the whole team uh, to draw on. But again, you know the caricature of this is that you're photocopying each other's sermons or something. Mm-hmm. It's far from that. There's so much collaboration all the way along, and I think. A lot of the guys listening to this right now who are in isolated contexts, the, rea- the reality is you do you do end up listening to, what did Tim Keller do with this passage? Mm. What did Dominic Steele, The great ones, you know, what what did they do? And but I'm, I'm serious, you know, we, most of us are team preaching. Most mm. of us are actually listening to other preachers mm. or looking at their outlines mm. or something. You know, it, it's actually almost impossible for a guy on his own, especially to just table rasa. You know, I'm mm. just going to do this, mm. but that's actually not the best form of collaboration. Mm. This is actually relational, uh, intentional collaboration that I think is producing really healthy results, not just in the pragmatic sense of what we deliver, but the heartwarming Mm. relational ministry of working on this together.
0: Mm. Um, (laughs) I was talking to Gary Miller Mm. in uh, January on on this program and... um, uh, I felt... We weren't talking directly about team preaching, but we, somehow we touched on the issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of felt that he was saying there was a danger of kind of something designed by committee loses its punch, loses its personal sting. Do you know? Um, and have you, have you found that at all? Like, that, that um, well, I've, I'm going out to preach, but do I... Do I bring my kind of? I lay my heart all out on the table. Do you know that thing? Does that?
1: Yeah, I mean, even that reduced or if what we were doing was designed by a committee, that would be awful. You know, like (laughs) as in, you know, I move a motion that we strike the third (laughs) line. Strike the third line out. Yeah, (laughs) let's vote on that. Um, So yeah, that would be awful. No, my experience is quite the opposite, and I think it's true for the other guys involved, which is. Yeah, again, to be honest, a lot of the talks I was writing when I was on my own,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I was wrestling so much with getting through all the exegetical stuff. That I, that that, I, that I didn't actually get to... The, yeah, that application was a bonus it, it or, or, or yeah. my own personal engagement. But remember, like we're engaging with this text... In relationship, in heavy discussion, and mm. it gets it, it gets really willing at times. But yeah. you actually got to work through that and defend an approach. But you know, you're doing that months before. You've then got lots of time to sit with. You know, what is the application mm. of this? What is the contextualization? What are the stories going on in the world at the moment of which the gospel is a better story is mm. told? You know, so two Samuel is such a dark book that we're about to preach. Awful, awful stories. Which gives us the opportunity to say, you know, you think the stories the world is telling us that we see on our news are dark. Well, all that darkness is actually not hidden from by the Bible. It lays it out for us, but actually takes us to the true King. So, we did one Samuel's waiting for the King. We're mm. doing two Samuels still waiting for the true King, <laughs> and um, and that darkness is the backdrop for the light of the gospel that mm-hmm. comes in Jesus. So, I'm saying my experience is quite the opposite. That mm-hmm. both in terms of my own personal engagement and and the sense of getting beyond just understanding the text to really not just teaching it but preaching it and, God willing, living it, is, is all promoted by this mm. approach.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm just just thinking, say someone's listening, watching us now, and they're thinking, OK, I do want to work at collaboration. Do you know that? I mean, I suppose they could ring you up and become yep. one of your churches, but... Um, if they weren't to do that what would be their steps to, yeah, to yeah, do yeah, their yeah, own yeah. kind of for key. sure yeah look something that's been really
1: interesting for us
0: across the last
1: few years that we've been doing this is that we've heard from a number of guys there's a whole range of people out there who've signed up with us if you like and got on board with what mm-hmm. we're doing through church to church and mm-hmm. and so they are partner churches who mm-hmm. are either live in step with us or they're using series down down the line you know oh, subsequently right. yeah. um So there's all of that. But what really warms my heart is that we're hearing from a number of guys around the traps who have just of their own initiative been prompted to think about this concept of team preaching and they've just got together in twos or threes or fours Mm -hmm. with perhaps people who are either close to them geographically or just relationally they've Mm. got the connection to do it via the net to just start collaborating more Mm -hmm. to say, hey, why don't we... Do a series in this book and read it together, talk about it together, work on the outline, the breakup. So again, this goes back to what mm-hmm. those other guys were doing with Perspective Magazine, you know, 25, 30
0: years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, and I think, and I'm hearing some really good stories of people doing that, and that warms my heart. Our goal, my, I'm very passionate about this, but my goal is not to sign up everyone to do to what do what we're you, doing, but to become
0: convinced it's, it's, of collaboration. It's the DNA of collaboration yeah. that you're yeah. for, and and. I'm so for that because, I mean, just... Well, that's what this podcast is about, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there's no point us putting... I mean, if, if you just, if, even if you just think about it in terms of graphics, you know, yeah. there's, there's no point us inventing the brilliant graphic and then the church next door inventing... putting the same amount of research and development time and expense oh. into and, their brilliant graphic. Yeah.
1: And look... Um... I'm not sure. If... We
0: are actually kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and I
1: mean, you can talk about graphics. But, but it's not just graphics, it's everything. But you can know? talk about music, for example. I mean, we've had a couple of opportunities where, uh, I mean, you, we were chatting earlier, you talked about preaching on Revelation 1. We, mm. Through our media and music team, we wrote a song to go with Revelation mm-hmm. series called Fall Before Him. And, and it's a fantastic song that mm-hmm. goes alongside a Revelation series. We've written a song, Spirit of Jesus, to go alongside a John's Gospel series, mm. a song called This Is Love to go with a One John series. So to actually have really great music and graphics, but that is just the beginning. I mean, probably what's even more significant is kids' material. Yeah. So when we do each session in our planning week, the first thing we come up with before we go any further is what's the big idea for the kids' Right. Because that is the simplest possible statement of what this passage mm. is about. You know, how do we put this into words kids can understand? And then everything can kind of work out from there in concentric circles as we work out the other channels. But for me, excellent kids' material is, is another great outcome of this approach. Mm.
0: Steve, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Dominic. We'll look forward to having you back another time. That'll be great. (laughs) Thank you. My guest on The Pastor's Heart has been Steve Cree, Senior Pastor of Living Church in Brisbane. Thanks for joining us and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week on The Pastor's Heart when our guests will be Archbishop Ben Quashie and Archbishop Foley Beach.